Welcome to issue 44 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters on fairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hi, Dan. Hello, sir. And also, Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Daniel? Mm, super fantastic. You know, we have a quote ready to go here from one of our listeners, Meek. Let's take a listen. I've done things I'm not proud of, Vanessa. I've hurt people, and I'm going to hurt more. It's impossible to avoid for what I'm trying to do, but I take no pleasure in it. In cruelty, but this city isn't a caterpillar. It doesn't spin a cocoon and wake up a butterfly. A city crumbles and fades. It needs to die before it can be reborn. Uh, that's Wilson Fisk to Vanessa Mariana from the Daredevil show. Deep. All right. That was really good. Yeah, I like wow. that. Yeah. 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 Fisk, right on brand. Nice villain from the Daredevil show. Uh, yeah. Comics. Yeah. Thank you, Meek. And the, and the reading was like kind of uh, understated. Almost sad sounding. It was really good. You know, like villains got to do what a villain's got to do. That kind of thing. Hmm. And if you want to send us a quote, send, get a hold of us and uh, we'll tell you how later on. Yeah, please do. Speaking of villains, that's what we're here for, Steve. And I think tonight we have yet another origin story. Yeah, we're going to talk about Crossbones, our first villain in the Rise of Red Skull box. Everybody's played Crossbones, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. That's good. It's a good starter, I think. So we got to know who those heroes are going up against. Let's dive in. Crossbones. He's born Brock Rumlow. He's a young man who's in charge of the Savage Crims gang in the New York's Lower East Side. And while he's leading this gang, a young woman, Rachel Layton, wants to join the gang because her brothers are already part of it. But instead of letting her in, uh, Brock here decides to beat her up. And it's strongly hinted at that he also rapes her. So we know right from the beginning, Brock is not one of those villains we're going to be able to get behind, I think. so. Yeah. And is this, I mean, is this where his story starts? Like this is. This is a flashback they give us much later after his original entry into the comics. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of the villains just kind of appear and then the backstories come out like decades later once that becomes right. a thing. Yeah. And so no one's really trying to explain this guy's villainy in any, you know, I was a good man turned into this bad life. No, no, no. Okay. This is a truly rotten to the core villain. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rachel's brothers rightly want revenge on Brock. They get into yeah. a fight. Brock kills one of them. And then he flees because the rest of the gang turns on him. But he ends up in a school run by none other than Taskmaster. Nice. Uh, so we can already see some of the ties with the villains that are in this box. Mm-hmm. He stays in the school for a few years. He ends up becoming an instructor, changes his name. He goes by Bingo Brock. So that's his original villain name, Bingo Brock. Bingo Brock. I think yeah. I know why he changed. Not, not quite as intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bingo. Yeah. So, but he comes out of Taskmaster School with some serious mercenary cred because he is an instructor there. And like we learned when we did Taskmaster, you know, bigger name villains go there to hire their mercenaries out. So 
he comes out of Taskmaster School and he enlists with the communist Red Skull, Albert Malik. Now this is not the same Red Skull as our Nazi Red Skull that we know and love, Johann Schmidt. Not the Red Skull at the end of the Red Skull box, but a different Red Skull. Okay. All right. Malik's a Soviet spy and he's kind of posing as a Red Skull. He's emulating him while Skull is, the real Red Skull is off doing his own thing, but that's a whole different story. Bingo, working for Malik, he's sent to Arnhem Zola's castle in Switzerland to assassinate the original Red Skull. That makes sense? Yep, yep. Okay, so we got Arnhem Zola mixed in there already. So we've got four out of our five villains already connected. That mission, however, from Bingo Brock to kill the Red Skull, Johann Schmidt, fails. And everybody in the mercenary company dies except for Brock. Brock actually impresses Schmidt and the and he hires him on, renaming him Crossbones. So now Crossbones, working for our OG Red Skull Schmidt, gets sent to recover artifact known as the Bloodstone, where he gets tangled up with Captain America. And this is the series where we first see him enter the comics, like in the real world timeline. It's Captain America Volume 1, number 359, in 1989. So he doesn't show up. We've seen some villains who come out in the 60s. You know, this guy doesn't show up until almost 1990. Easy fella, baby villain. Yeah, yeah. So during his adventures uh, here going for the Bloodstone, he crosses paths with Diamondback. And Diamondback is one of the original members of the criminal organization known as the Serpent Society. And we've mentioned them a few times with some of our elite minions. She also has been trained at one of Taskmaster's school. She's a seductively sly woman. And while on assignment for this bloodstone as well, she encounters Captain America. She becomes smitten with him and she ends up kind of changing sides and allies with Steve Rogers and starts working for the good guys. Oh, well, yeah. So it's kind of an interesting traitor sort of thing. But Crossbones recognizes Diamondback as none other than Rachel Layton. No. From way back in the day. Yeah. It's the same woman. Please uh, tell me she beats the hell out of him. No, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. He ends mm-hmm. up capturing her. He uses her as bait to capture Captain America in Madripoor. And he takes her, kidnaps her, and escapes. At a certain point, he is planning to like try to kill Captain America, but Red Skull finds out that Crossbone's tangling with Captain America. And he tells him to cut it off, get out of there. You're no match for him. So Crossbones flees and uh, Captain America survives. And, you know, Crossbone lives to fight another day. But he has actually kidnapped Diamondback at this point. Okay. Um, and that story goes on. There's a lot more to it. Crossbones gets involved in a bunch of organizations over the years. He's involved with Hydra, the Skeleton Crew, the Thunderbolts. He actually gets caught up in one of our, one of the very complicated plan. That includes the sleeper, which is our giant minion that we get in this yeah. box. That was, that yeah. was our spoiler card, right? Uh, yeah. He's he's right in the thick of it when the sleeper awakens. Gets hired on. He's respected by all sorts of criminal groups because he's in peak physical shape. He has peak human strength, durability, speed, stamina, reflexes. He's a master martial artist. He's an expert marksman. He's a weapons master. Skilled pilot. Effective interrogator. He's skilled at brainwashing which he ends up putting to use against Sin, who's Red Skull's daughter, and oh. Diamondback. Yeah. So that's Crossbones in a nutshell. There you go. Whew. That's uh, that's Caleb's favorite villain, is it? Crossbones? Yeah. Isn't it? I do remember him saying something oh, like sorry. that. 
no, no, uh, it wasn't. No, Magneto Mag is. Magneto. But, but he was really pushing to get crossbones in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him talking about that. He's an interesting character as a foil to Captain America and other heroes because he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just at the top of his game, you know, well-trained, well-conditioned, and really ruthless, willing to do what he, whatever he has to do to complete his mission. Um, so he's well-respected by the, the bad villains, the really nasty ones, um, because of that. A little harder for me to get behind. He's the antithesis of Captain America, right? Everything, if Captain America embodies all that is, quote, good, then Crossbones is the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like seeing him. I think he's a perfect fit for the Rise of Red Skull box because he's mixed up in with Taskmaster, with Red Skull, with Armzola. You know, it's only Absorbing Man that I didn't see him cross paths, but I didn't, you know, he's got like 170 some appearances. And yeah. This is, this is really his origin story, not his full timeline of, of adventures he's been on. So. Right. Well, geez. I guess we should dive into the cards. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we're not going to be taking any time making this guy a sympathetic figure. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> let's just see what he does in the game. That's right. Um, well, Steve, why don't you tell us about Crossbones? Okay, so Crossbones 1 is the unique villain. He has a one scheme, one attack with a little star. He's Hydra and Mercenary traded. He has 12 hit points per player. And his little star is, while Crossbones has a weapon attachment, his attacks gain piercing. And piercing is discard any tough status card from the target before dealing damage. And he's got some flavor text that says, I consider myself a craftsman. I specialize in destruction and terror. Wow. Yeah, so he's going to get a boost when he has a weapon and I'll, I'll read the next two crossbones as well. And we'll see that continues right through all of his cards. So crossbones okay. two is a two scheme two attack Hydra mercenary while crossbones has a weapon attachment, his attacks gain piercing and when revealed search the encounter deck and discard pile for crossbones, machine gun and attached to crossbones shuffle the encounter deck. And he's now up to 14 hit points per player. And then crossbones three is a two scheme, three attack with the star. Hydra and Mercenary. While Crossbone has a weapon attachment, his attacks gain piercing. When revealed, reveal the top card of the Experimental Weapons deck. And he has 16 hit points per player. Mm. Nice. So right off the bat, I mean, I like that he plays against the tough status card archetype, i.e. Doctor Strange. I think they've they hit pretty close to that sweet spot where if you give everyone piercing, then tough doesn't do anything. But they're at a point where at least you got to think about it. And if you're playing that strategy, well, think up something else. Otherwise, it's just... <laughs> I find it just a minor annoyance in, in the games that I play. I don't know about you guys, but how often do you ditch a weapon that's on crossbones? It depends on the weapon, right? We talked about some of them in our uh, yeah. experimental weapons master issue just a little bit ago. Um, oh, did I... I have to bring this up because I posted this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was trying out... Ant-Man, and I brought him up against Crossbones, and I took a picture where he had Crossbones armor out, the exosuit, the energy shield, Crossbones machine gun, and Yellow Jacket size increaser. So he was hitting for six, plus a machine gun, plus if he damages you, you discard a card or something like that. Is that the one? Yeah, the power gauntlets? Oh. Uh, no, he was energy shield. He gains retaliate. Yeah, okay. it, it was absolutely ridiculous. So maybe in that situation, you want to get rid of a weapon? Yeah, but can well, you get rid of enough weapons? Yeah. And yeah. more importantly, did you actually lose that game? Oh, hell yeah. 
Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember early in our, you know, early in our days, we talk about all these great setups that the villain had. And it's like, oh, it just took me an extra turn to beat him. It's like, yeah. oh, that's just it was, yeah. it was one of those I, I YOLO'd and the villain overpowered me. The villain said no? The villain said no. If I was playing smarter, I could have done it. But yeah, that was a lot of cards. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of uh, try to race crossbones if you're playing on standard. You only have 12 hit points, which is not a lot. Right, I mean, a Hulk smash can one one shot him. Uh, yeah, you know, swinging web kick from Spider Man—that's eight damage right there. He's only got four left if you're playing solo. Um, if you're playing on standard, there, so it, he is fairly squishy. He, even with his level three, he's only got sixteen health on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we'll talk about his machine gun, but the level three version is going to go grab an experimental weapon from the top card of the experimental weapons deck, and we'll see when we do his main scheme that that deck is always going to be in play with him campaign or not um which is kind of interesting because it's not that is interesting. i never really thought about that yeah it's not shuffling the encounter deck it's just always going to have this little side deck of weapons for him to to deal with that's really interesting mm-hmm. yeah kind of kind of has that arsenal with him all the time sweet well can i tell you guys about this machine gun oh please do, do. all right First up, I like this machine gun because, um, and I think it's shared the story in the, the campaign I'm doing with Andy and Becky that we just finished. Game one, we were doing pretty well, humming along, and this thing just obliterated Hawkeye. Like, it was, it, it was just like, it was like, all of a sudden, you know, flip a couple cards, like, huh, that's nine damage. Well, anyway, um, so this is a great attachment. I'm just going to come right out. I'm not going to barely lead. There it is. Crossbones machine gun is a unique weapon attached to crossbones. Uses two ammo counters. It has a plus zero attack with a star, and that star reads forced interrupt. When crossbones attacks you, remove one ammo counter from this card and discard the top card of the encounter deck. Take indirect damage equal to the number of boost icons on the discarded card. And it has three boost icons itself. I don't like that it can whiff. If anything, I wish it had a minimum one on it. Crossbones' encounter set for himself has five cards that have one boost or less on them, and two two of them are a star, so they don't count for anything. So it could whiff on that, plus all the blanks out of the standard set, right? Yeah. I would have liked to have uh, had it read something along the lines of, if this causes extra damage or something like that, then remove the ammo counter. Right, yeah. You know, um, but I still like it a lot. I think it's... But you guys are right. For an iconic weapon, right? A unique weapon. It shouldn't whiff. Yeah, he shouldn't have blanks in there that he's shooting. So it's right. it's kind of sad that you're like, oh, you're looking at the cards uh, at the boost icons that will do damage, and the best card is his machine gun itself. This is machine gun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the plus maybe. zero attack that yeah. can be fixed too. Like maybe yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, this is a fun weapon. I've actually never had it whiff on me. The odds are right. such that it's always done something. Uh, I will point out that this is the most weapony attachment in his weapons. We, we talked last time about how <laughs> the weapon master was like, eh, well, we weren't as wowed. This is this is full on machine guns. Just straight up guns, right? You know. But speaking of guns, like look at his personal guns. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess you need those muscles to lift those things. And he learned <laughs> those at Taskmaster's school. Yeah, yeah. And they almost look cartoony. <laughs> it's like someone drew them 
I was going to say the best thing about this this card is it will be in play no matter what during your game. Yep. If you're on standard mode and you flip him to two, you're going to go get it. You're going to put it on him. If you're playing expert, he starts with his guns out. And then they go away and they might come back, right? You yep. can use up those ammo counters. You're going to get shuffled back into the deck and they're going to come back out. They, so you could see it a second time, but you will definitely see it once. So you can always count on him having a weapon attached to him at some point. And players can't get rid of it. They just have to take two hits per player. You got to get shot twice. Yep. Yep. Um, or six times. Yeah. I mean, he's got this thing has a lot of bullets. Yep. And it only triggers if he attacks you. So you can flip to Alter Ego. And he's not going to, you know, he's going to hold on to him until you come back to where you're within firing range, right? Or, or he'll just shoot your teammates. <laughs> yeah, shoot your teammates. <laughs> a uh, wise hero will somehow work it out so that he's always shooting at their ally across the table. Yeah, but yeah, I like it. I, it's, it's not as strong, I suppose, as my actual living experience with it made me think it was, if that makes sense. Yeah. It had a it had a heroic moment for for crossbones. Yeah. Well, and if you're putting in you're putting in the legions of Hydra set, that's got some three boost icons in it. Hydra Patrol has some two boost icons in it, right? So you're gonna those other encounter sets are gonna ramp up the machine gun. So you you could play with sets that have more or less boost icons yeah. if you wanted to sort of mm-hmm. you know change the loadout on the machine gun. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's an encounter card that interacts with the machine gun too, isn't there? Because I think that's how it dealt such catastrophic damage in one shot. Oh, you might be thinking of full auto. Yes. And so we'll get to that next issue. But uh, so it doesn't just, it doesn't just live kind of, you know, independently as a weapon. Because it is an iconic weapon, it interacts with other cards too, which I think is great. Let me try to find out what's going on. Mike, tell us about, his scheme. What's going on here? What's this guy trying to do? So I will read the, the front and back. This is attack on Mount Athena. Contents, crossbones, one, two, experimental weapons, the standard sets, three modular encounter sets. That's Hydra Patrol, Weapon Master, and Legions of Hydra. That's the most we've seen so far, isn't it? So This yeah. is highly customizable. Yeah, you don't have to play with those three, right? You can choose which three you want to put in, but these are the ones they want you to play with. I think that might be really fun. Throw in a Ronin, throw in a, a was it temporal sets? So you can fight a dinosaur. Yeah, some Masters of Evil. Yeah. Set up, create the experimental weapons deck, and set it next to the main scheme deck. We talked about the experimental weapons deck. So this gets this is what five cards shuffled together, put beside the deck, and one of them we know gets revealed when you flip to Crossbones three. So going on to one B, main scheme has three threat per player. Uh, as a threshold, it starts with zero. You add one per player every round. Crossbones is leading an army of Hydra soldiers in a direct assault on the Project Pegasus facility in the Adriandak Mountains. When revealed, reveal the top card of the experimental weapons deck. Hey, hey, so you always get an experimental weapon. I thought your pronunciation of Adirondack was interesting. Yeah, me too. Uh, what did I call it? Adrian? I don't know, something Canadian. Something Canadian. No. Adirondack? It's like the first time I've read that flavor text or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We forgive you. It's the accent. Uh, so I think the, I mean, really, it's a standard scheme. The biggest thing about it is the low threat threshold. I was going to say it's low, right? So yeah, 
which is good yeah. because Steel already mentioned how low his life can be when you're playing solo. So at least this three threat puts the pressure on. Yeah, and you're going to start the game with a experimental weapon attached to crossbones. So in expert mode, you've got the machine gun on him, and you've got one of those experimental weapons attached to him. So now he has two weapons on him already. Oh yeah, so why bother getting rid of him? <laughs> He's going to attack for a lot, and there's no way you f- can flip to alter ego or stay in alter ego if you want to have this scheme last longer than a round. Yeah. Right? Cuz if he schemes in in any form, he's you know, a 1 or a 2 and then you draw a boost icon it's over with. So, yeah. you're moving right on. He's moving quick. Well, Steve, what happens when he moves on? What's he looking for? He is out there searching for the infinity stone. Mm-hmm. So this is our scheme two, main scheme. Inside the Project Pegasus facility, shield agents fight desperately to prevent Hydra from obtaining the reality stone stored within. I love that it's 2A flavor text. That's classic Caleb. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So 2B, it has a six per player threshold. And the when revealed, reveal the top card of the experimental weapons deck. It starts with one threat per player, and it goes up by one threat per player. So still okay. something you got to keep an eye on, but the Justice player is going to take that down in no time. Yeah, I think you can get to two. I don't know how you stay on one, but I think get to two, and you could stay on two with good threat management. Yeah. Yep. But if Crossbones is smart and he advances, that, that could do it. That could push you over. Just just one advance with a, a high boost and you you could be moving sure. on to three. So Sure. Yeah. And so what do you do when you've got the infinity stone? Well, you need to get away, right? So here we go. Main scheme three A. Hydra has seized the infinity stone and crossbones orders their withdrawal. You must stop them before they escape. Three B, same one reveal the fact. Reveal the top card of the experimental weapon deck. If the stage is completed, the players lose the game. This is a five per player threshold. Starts with one per and goes up by one per. I like it. I like that it's lower. Yeah, I like that they're all lower. I, I think having multiple stages with low thresholds each makes it feel more like an assault, like a fast-paced encounter. If yeah. it if sure. it was a 10 or a 12, you can sit, you can do whatever. But like with a three, boom, it's, you're going to move on. A six, advance or something like that, boom, you're going to move on. And, and a five, you know, five's... I'm thinking solo here. That's not very high. No. That's another. There's not a lot of chance to flip to alter ego because then you're just giving crossbones a chance to get away. It also makes you feel good for actually thwarting. Yeah. You know, if if there's a 24 threat threshold, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I thwart. Well, does it matter? I don't know. It only really matters if you actually push that limit. Here, it matters right. every time. Yeah, and justice yeah. player can actually feel good about themselves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never gotten this far. I've gotten. I finished well on stage one a couple times, and then stage two. So if you do get to this stage, you are going to see all four experimental weapons. You're going to get one for crossbones, stage two, and you're going to get one for each stage of the quest questing. So, or the scenario stages, each scenario stage. So you will eventually get all four experimental weapons out if you make it this far, or if crossbones makes it this far. Oh, you have to be an expert. Crossbones right. 2, you get his machine gun. Crossbones 3, you get the fourth weapon. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah good, good call. Okay. I just assume everybody plays expert. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how badly does that hurt you? I mean, we've talked about the experimental weapons. They all have two boost icons on them. 
the weapons themselves? Are they worth the space in the deck? Well, in this, I think it's great because they don't go in the encounter deck, at least not right. to start, right? They're just a free attachment for crossbones. They're just going to come out on him. Mm. Um, yeah. And then in campaign mode, every experimental weapon that gets put out is going to follow you along. So that's where I think, right? How, how yeah. do they feel throughout? I think it's, I think we mentioned it's kind of nice as a legacy, right? You're remembering, oh man, you know, you get to Red Skull and you're seeing these experimental weapons that came out from Crossbones five, four villains ago. That has kind of neat. Um, at least it carries through. Yeah. They're, you know, we said enough about them and there are issue about them. I, they're not, they're nothing too devastating. So yeah, they're, they're not as bad as looking down the barrel of two machine guns. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I like the, I'm a fan of more, uh, main schemes than fewer means. So I like that he has three. Yeah, me too. I like that he has three with small threat thresholds. Feels like yeah. he's, he's progressing. Except if it was a 10 and a 12 and an eight, you'd be like, wow, I'm never going to get the three. You'll never see him. Never see him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Crossbones and his schemes. Yeah. What do you think as a start? to the campaign or to the box. I know we haven't done all of his cards yet, but just in general. I think you all thought it was refreshing. We were all itching for more villains anyways. And yeah. to see something that had these low threat thresholds, had these guns, had the, the piercing keyword, it was refreshing to see something uh, that was a little more challenging than we were used to and played a little bit differently and just was more fun in general. It really set the stage yeah. for the rest of the box. Yeah, I think he was my second favorite villain out of the box. So yeah, he's fun to play even if you're not gonna do a campaign. You're just gonna sit down and play a game. He's he's yeah. interesting to put on the table and play against. I think too, he's kind of there's a little bit of rhino in him. It, it, what I mean is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he he's gonna just damage you and damage you and damage you, but he's gonna sneak that threat through at just the wrong times, and he's he could just win, and, which is great, you know. It, you're not expecting it. Boom. He's going right. to threat, threat you out. And I kind of like that um, for a different, you know, instead of Rhino, you've got this guy. So that, that's pretty cool. He, he gives the heroes a fun game to be sure. Yeah. And especially, especially expert, which obviously is the only way to play this game. But I, yeah, I think for him, it, it's a wise choice to play on expert. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll continue this in our next issue. Yeah. We're going to, the rest of his encounter set is really interesting. I like it. So. Hopefully, these folks follow us along to issue uh, 45. But where can they find us, Mike? Hey, do you guys go on to get in touch with us? Maybe you've got a quote to send us? Or perhaps you have a sweet pet name for your favorite super weapon? You can email us at <laughs> criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook as Critical Encounters. And on Discord, we are known as Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Daniel, take us out. Those super-powered types might have more strength, but none of them have my style. <laughs>